0: of things you're seeing are more from the big brands, the big names that you hear, you know, in GE, Apple, all those things. WordPress is definitely up there. Uh Joomla's not there anymore,
1: that's for sure. It's an internet thing in general, right, that um, the winners tend to win massively. There tends to be one winner in each category. In e-commerce, online shopping, it was Amazon. Um, in CMSs, it was WordPress. Uh, in each category, you tend to get one runaway winner. And all the gains, there tends to be enormous winners, and WordPress is that in the CMS space.
2: Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast, episode 167. This show is brought to you by iconic WP and their new restaurant plugin, Orderable, and MindSize for the performance boost on your client's site. So let's join co host Robbie Adair and Robert Jacoby as they dive into yet another Woo Biz Chat.
3: I'm Robbie Adair, your host. Today, we are going to, on our Biz Chat here, we're going to talk about uh, an interesting topic, we think, and that is moving from one open source world and coming into the, the WordPress world as a business person, some of the challenges, some of the successes. And so, um, my co host, Robert, is going to introduce our guest today.
4: Thank you, Robbie. Uh, We have today, and I'm quite thrilled because I haven't seen or heard from these folks in a while. uh, Victor Drover from Watchful and Steve Burge from Publish Press. So, welcome to the show, folks. Hey, Robbie, Robert. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, we're going to kick off here, and first of all, just kind of let our audience know, you know, your background and. We'll start with Steve, like what what open source products did you work in and when did you decide to start venturing over into the WordPress world?
1: Well, my story is pretty closely connected to to yours, Robbie, and also to Robert and uh, Vic as well. We've known each other, or probably each of us have known the other ones in this room for 15, 16 years or so. And I've actually... I started the business, which you now run over at OS Training. I was a a middle school teacher for, for several years before realizing I couldn't make enough money as a middle school teacher. And I started a training business called OS Training, and we focused on teaching people how to use open source because it wasn't that easy to use. It's not that easy to use now quite often, but back in... 2006, 2007. Some of the products like WordPress and Joomla and Drupal were really pretty complex and difficult to use. So we wrote books and did videos. Um, and um, for disclosure, um, we ended up handing the business over to you a couple of years ago.
3: Yes, which yay! Thank you. <laughs> That's great. <good. laughs> <So, Yeah. yeah. laughs> um, but then you went into the extension world, right? Both Joomla and WordPress.
1: Yeah, we did. Over the over the years, we. We've dabbled in doing themes and templates, we've dabbled in doing training, Uh, we've dabbled in SaaS services, but we've found that for the open source market, the extensions in Joomla and the plugins in WordPress are a sweet spot of sorts. People find them easy to find because they're on the WordPress repo, easy to install, easy to set up, and they're much better when it comes to recurring revenue too, so over the years, we've drifted in that direction towards more plugins, more more software.
3: Awesome. And, and Victor, give us a little background on yourself.
0: Yeah, not surprisingly, we've got lots of uh, interconnections. Um, but from my start, was kind of like Steve in, in education and research. So I did, geez, a lot of training in the field of biochemistry and was professor in that uh, field when I moved from Canada to the U.S. back in '02. Uh, But during all that long training and hours in graduate school and stuff, I was playing sports and needed a, you know, I I was basically scratching my own itch. We needed a website for our sports team, decided to try out a few platforms and eventually settled on uh, Joomla. at the time. It was a lot more feature rich than many of the other solutions. Uh, And of course, for a sports team, you need a calendar. So this
1: is where Steve will come into this angle pretty quick. You've sold a business to me. And I've sold a business to Robbie. Uh, Robert, are you in here somewhere? Have you sold a business (laughs) to one of the others in the room?
0: Rob sent me a pizza once because he lost a bet on the Packers versus the Bears. (laughs) Okay, That's maybe the only thing we've exchanged.
4: (laughs) I've sent you all a lot of love throughout the
0: years. (laughs) Of course, of course. So uh, we were using this open source calendar. No one was maintaining it. A bunch of security issues happened. And I have my own private little personal repo using you know Notepad Plus or something, whatever it was back in the day, where I would just keep the, the bug fixes in it. And eventually, people needed it because the developer had gone away. We turned it into an extension for the Joomla site that I was building. Um, and we sold extensions for many years. I partnered with lots of people in the Joomla world doing that. Uh, but I always had a few WordPress sites because I liked using WordPress, but I, I didn't have a business in that area sold that uh, calendar solution to Steve a few years, many years back now, Steve, I'm losing track, uh, and moved into the services world with site management. And that's what Watchful is. It's a site management tool. And it was strictly Joomla for the first four years. Uh, And because I had these other WordPress sites, I'd started building some more sites with WordPress. The power of WordPress and the flexibility had really increased over the years. And so I wanted to personally use it. The market was growing. So we started supporting WordPress um, for that remote management tool alongside Joomla sites. And so that's kind of the, the short way in which kind of I found myself in the Joomla world for, for work. I left my professorship, started doing um, websites, website management full-time, and uh, yeah, here we are today, I guess, what, 15 years later, like Steve, Steve said.
4: You know, there's so many things, and you know, I think we should start with what are the similarities across open-source projects that make it easy to either be multi-project focused or have multi-project ability versus single project focused. I you know I'm going to pick on Vic for this one cuz Watchful is, you know, is a SaaS product. That, sure. Um is compatible with multiple platforms. So, uh, you know, how, how do you where 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 are the similarities so if people are looking to expand their uh, businesses into another open source project into WordPress and WooCommerce that they can actually be like, okay, you know, this stuff is kind of already, I don't have to stress out as much about it.
0: Yeah, I think people who build websites for a living, not developers necessarily, but also some developers, I think they get stuck on uh, the what things are called, and, and they think that things are incredibly different. So I've you know, heard Joomla people say, oh, you can't easily do overrides in WordPress, and that's obviously not true. And then I've heard, you know, people in in Joomla say, where are we going to put these? modules i'm not sh- you know and these are just widgets in wordpress there's so many similarities in how these sites are built and put together um you know with maybe some slightly different approaches and different frameworks obviously different design patterns and coding uh standards but i actually see many of the seams. i see more similarities when i'm trying to talk to somebody in one cms about another one i say oh you're familiar with this Oh, yeah, it's just like doing that, you know, but it's in a different menu place, perhaps. I see many, many similarities in the technology and how these sites are built and how they're maintained. Um, and I see tons and tons and tons of similarity in the people. The values are this, are there's a lot of overlap in that open source sharing. There's a free side to it. There's a, a cost consciousness to it. Um, so if you ask me about similarities... I think there are many, many more similarities and differences. But in, in general, if people have a system and they like to stick with their system, they know their system, getting their mind to expand and try something different tends to be the bigger challenge than actually teaching them the differences, which I think are, are, are more or are
1: smaller than, than the similarities. Yeah, there's a flip side to what you said there, Vic, that although the platforms themselves are very similar and maybe just have tiny terminology changes people seem to be deeply hooked into one or the other. It's like we have a group that loves bananas and another group that loves apples and another group that loves oranges. And really, they're they're fruits and they're full of vitamins and they're good for you. But try and persuade someone to move from eating bananas to eating apples. And they're like, no, I've been eating bananas for 17 years. I'm not going to change. And uh, despite all the similarities, we've found very little overlap between the actual people that use the platforms, unless it's at the agency level. I think agencies really quite comfortable flipping between different technologies in most cases. But the end users and a lot of the product people very stuck in their ways often. In. They chose a platform back in 2006 or 2007, and they're still riding it now 14 15 years later.
3: I totally agree with that,
4: Steve. Is that just because of workflows, or they're somehow wedded beyond, like just the tools they're using? Like, you know, they want to only use a chef's knife versus you know a Santuco just because that's all they've ever used.
1: These communities are, you know, they're communities. They're so much more than just the technology. We can say that the technologies that underlie them are similar. They use the GPL, their PHP, their MySQL have very similar standards but once someone has been in one of the platforms for a couple of years they make friends they know where to go for the news they know where to find things they make these deeper connections and particularly if you're a professional once you've been in it for a few years you have an entire network of friends in a particular uh, on a particular platform and that becomes very difficult to leave
4: but for the end user that community is going to matter significantly less, if at all. I mean, think of the fact that half the internet, plus or minus, is being run by WordPress. Trust me, I, you know, even at the biggest WordCamp, you don't see you know a hundred million people show up. So, does does that even really matter?
1: Maybe a little bit less, but at the same time, they they get comfortable with things. They have a certain workflow, and for the end user, it's about productivity and the sheer loss of productivity that comes from moving platform is enough of an obstacle to stop people moving.
0: Yeah, I'd just kind of build on that a little. I mean, if you look at, I mean, just even within WordPress, I know we've got a couple topics we want to chat about, but, you know, getting getting people to migrate to Gutenberg and users, that's going to be a problem. It's still WordPress. We know it's a problem. We know the migration is extremely slow. We've had a couple of the large influencers in the WordPress community kind of publicly make, you know, the migration and said, oh, I hated it at first and now I love it. And you, you see that. But by and large, the end users really love the classic editor and they're not they're not migrating very quickly. so I think it's a similar kind of analogy if you like if you like calling your software add-on for your CMS a plug, don't you dare call it an extension because it's a plug and that's the only thing I want to call
3: it. <laughs> That is the truth. Some people do get upset about their terminology. It is true. And I slip up all the time because I'm cross-platform. So, you know, you just forget and say the wrong word. And you're like, oh, I meant plug-in. uh, Oops, I meant extension. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So uh, I'm glad that uh, Vicki first brought up uh, the communities. Communities, obviously, are the backbones in these open source products as far as, I'll call it, for your marketing and your network, the communities are extremely important, and I think we we could dig dig a little bit deeper into marketing after this, but let's first talk about networking because there are, are again similarities, right? I mean there are are conferences and and uh, then local meetings and things like that had did you guys I know because Robert and I know uh that's how we all met is all of the the in person meetings for Joomla over the years. And then we again saw each other at WordPress events. And so, did you find that the WordPress events were key for you breaking over into that market?
1: Yeah, 100%. They helped me meet people, uh, understand the terminology, get more comfortable with things. I'm down in Florida. And so, there was a, a time back when WordCamps, you know, pre COVID were more popular when you could easily hit five or six pretty big WordCamps from down here in Florida, maybe three in Florida. There was, um, I think, one in uh, Tampa, Orlando. There'd be one in Jacksonville, a huge one in Miami. And then within a few hours, you could be in Atlanta or maybe um, uh, Birmingham. The sheer scale and popularity of the WordCamp events pre-COVID certainly made it a lot easier to get into the WordPress community.
0: Uh, Having come a little later than Steve, well, COVID kind of hit kind of as we were about a year after we kind of started breaking in. But just from a personal experience, I would say that I felt a little intimidated to go to, and we haven't started talking about challenges yet, but to go to a new community and try and uh, break, not break in, but kind of break the ice. I found myself a little out of practice because you go to a Joomla conference or, you know, as Steve and I go. We know probably half the people there, if not more, most of the speakers Mm. probably were speaking, probably were sponsoring, you know, were more well-known there. And you go to another space where you're not as well-known, and I actually, well, just sharing that, I don't mind telling you guys, I just felt it kind of intimidating, so I think it slowed my approach. I've had better success, I think, not success, since COVID struck, and every, I've been more i um, comfortable going one-on-one with developers or other people that I want to connect with in the community to make those relationships uh, and rely on people like yourselves in this room and my other friends and colleagues, you know, like Demo, for example, folks who can kind of make that initial introduction. And so I think I've done more of that, especially the last 18 months because of COVID on these on video calls. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward now that I have a few folks that I can stop and have a coffee with and I know their name and they know who I am. Uh, You know, I feel that, you know, I'm not nearly as intimidated, if you will, uh, to to go to those conferences and try and, you know, make your mark or become a little more well-known or just network a little better, you know?
3: That's funny, uh, Vic, just because I, yes, at the Joomla events, we all knew each other. And so it made it very comfortable. But I do remember one time I had a client who came and they felt intimidated because they didn't know everybody. So they came into one of those events. So I think it's the exact same experience that you had. We just didn't. Maybe we didn't notice it whenever they were coming in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yeah, but the WordPress events are definitely, there's a lot more of them, a lot more attendance, um, like Steve was talking about. And so they're, they're typically bigger as well. And that is a little more intimidating when you don't know anyone to even shake hands with. It, it does make it a little more difficult. But all of the communities, I mean, all of the open source communities I've been to, even though it's a little intimidating, I've never not felt welcome, as it were. And I think that's more an open source feel to me.
1: I agree 100%. Yeah. If we're guessing how many WordCamps there are going to be next year, there may be half a dozen in the US total. WordCamp Europe seems to be on. Um, No word about WordCamp US, but it's probably going to be on. That's going to be a, a lot less opportunities to meet people in person. If someone is listening to this and is looking to move over from another community, then things like Slack, Facebook group. I know a few companies like PostStatus are experimenting with Twitter spaces. Those kinds of things, oddly might actually be more effective in terms of meeting people because they tend to lean towards smaller groups, I think. You join in someone's Twitter space or someone's um, uh, Zoom hangout, you're looking at 15, 20 people max. It might actually be more effective than trying to hit up a big WordCamp back in the day when, There were 500 people who all knew each other and wanted to catch up with their old friends. I I think most of the advice that we had from several years ago is probably redundant now. I I know, Robbie, you've done a pretty good job as a relatively new to WordPress to to get invites to conferences and to become a podcast host here to, uh, to focus on a lot of these online interactions.
3: But you know, Steve, I'm really glad that you did bring up that, that during COVID, all of these online events started happening. And yes, we probably next year are still not going to, we're not going to be full force back in person, whether they're offered or whether people are comfortable either direction. I just think we're not going to be full force. That is for sure. As well as I there were they're actually where we had to look for silver linings, right? There were some good things that came out of these online events. Like you said, it did make for some smaller events. It did, I met a lot of people that I've never met in person that I've met in, in the WordPress world in the last, uh, you know, COVID year and a half <laughs> or whatever it is. I, I keep saying that they just melded into one year to me in my brain, but <laughs> yeah, I've met a lot of people this way. And now I'm looking forward to the day I actually get to go and shake hands with them at an in-person event. But um, yeah, it's, it has been very interesting and, it it has been very active in the WordPress world, which I think is one of the reasons why it was Steve. I, it was easy for me to hop in and, and just start participating because it's it's a really active community, even online, even during COVID. It's still very active. I do think that the influencers became more important. Like you mentioned, post status, do the woo podcast, things like this. The influencers became much more important to help get the word out there during the this online crazy COVID time. And so I think that that has been a good thing, and it, there was already an infrastructure there in in this WordPress world that helps. Whereas uh, I feel like some of the other open source uh, projects were a little it was a little harder hit on them trying to go into online events. So,
0: R- Robbie, your your comment uh, reminded me of a difference. Rob, you asked me about uh, similarities earlier. One of the differences I noticed, especially in the last two years, related to your influencer comment, is that. It seems to be a number of kind of the original WordPress you know, OGs, I guess you call it, who either really have a, a, a very influential, um, like flip their early experience in WordPress in there, maybe they had a popular extension or a popular blog or something like that, or popular service, turn that into a, a really a, a career with a loud uh, megaphone or a large audience or turn it into a, um, some kind of uh, continuing uh, ongoing paid consulting type situation, um, a number of these influ or maybe just uh, the paid influence online. I'm not sure. I think that feels like that's a, there's like a career in the in the WordPress world of influencing, and you can make a living doing that. I don't think that exists in Joomla that I know of. Unless I just was not aware of these things, I would have never once said to myself, "Which influencer can I hire?" To help me promote my content, that's never a thought that I've ever had in my life in Joomla, even when it was the second most or one of the most popular platforms online. Is that because of social media has changed? I'm not sure, but I mean, do you guys feel that's right?
3: Yeah, and and like it, it, it's not just Joomla. I think that is lacking in that. I think WordPress is actually of the the open sources that, that it is kind of the leader in that that space. I think it was there before COVID. That's
4: why agree
3: I, that it it, it even only strengthened during there. And that's that's what i think. robert what do you think?
4: do you do you think uh it's it's the scale of the community or the amount of money already you know sort of percolating through the community. i mean cuz we we the, the wordpress community has you know you have automatic, you have wp engine, you have you know a number of firms that are very very wordpress focused that are valued in the hundreds of millions to billions of dollars. And does that in and of itself create a totally different, you know, world for communication, for starting up a a business in a specific platform? Um, Is that one of the reasons, you know, you guys look to expand to another platform? I mean, both having started out in Joomla. um, So I guess there's a bunch of questions in there. But that my, you know, my thinking around it is that there's just so much money involved that people will gravitate to it to figure out how to create new businesses and uh, methods of marketing and communication. The opportunities are are, are massive.
3: With that being said though, that's that the competition is harder. And I think this is Steve and I've had some conversations about that too. You go in with a a calendar plugin or calendar extension in Joomla world, you have less competition. If you go in with a calendar plugin in WordPress, right? And so that kind of leads us into also the, the, how you market it differently for this. And, And Steve, like I said, you we've talked about this in the past. what, Can you share with us your experiences with that?
1: Uh, Let me put some numbers on this specifically that we are in the Joomla world. There's probably, I counted them up the other day, there's probably 30 to 35 viable businesses still in the space, still making money. And one of the more successful ones with our Joomla arm. And if we end this year growing four or 5%. Year on year, I'd be happy because I know quite a few of those other businesses still in the space will shrink year on year. Whereas we're growing, uh, probably our fastest growing WordPress arm is PublishPress, which is a a series of publishing plugins. And if we don't grow 100%, I'd be unhappy this year.
3: Holy mackerel.
1: We're looking between a success in the Joomla world is being flat or up just a a, a tiny minuscule year on year whereas success in the wordpress world at the moment as things are on a, a ball run there's a lot of money floating around as robert says the scale the possibilities the um the growth trajectories that you can be on in wordpress are just vastly greater at the moment
3: victor what about you what are you seeing
0: i mean like robert said there was you know the 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 amount of money has, has created all kinds of opportunities uh, that are quite a bit different. The Steve numbers are, are on track um, in terms of the competition. You know he's exactly right. And let's put some other numbers on it, right? How many plug? How many backup extensions are there for Joomla? One. You know there are probably thirty for WordPress uh, that everyone has heard of, and there may be another thirty or forty besides that that no one's ever heard of. I mean, there's you know just the the scale is so much larger. And Steve mentioned earlier they had drifted kind of in a certain direction because that's where kind of their success had taken them. And they followed that, which was smart, of course. We're following, you know, our users at Watchful who are updating their sites in Watchful. That's their main thing. Their customers come in asking for WordPress. I I was going to make this reply to you, Robert, earlier when you mentioned that end users don't care necessarily what is powering their site as long as they can, you know, it's productive for them. Our customers... Meaning, you know, we started out with a tons of a ton of Joomla users. Their customers come to them. People want websites built and say, "I need a website built in WordPress." Please quote me for a WordPress website. And they either build it and then need a solution to help manage it with all their other websites, or they convince them to use their preferred choice, which does happen. But you know, no one's asking. A very few people are asking for Joomla by name. I think certainly in the U.S., perhaps in the Netherlands, or Germany, France, uh, Australia, but. Definitely not not very common in the U.S. And so WordPress has, it's either so, po- it is so popular or it has this brand name that uh, other, you know, see other platforms don't have. I mean, um, people also ask, I guess, for Wix and Workspace, uh, Squarespace, because those are brand names they see in Super Bowl ads, you know. So I hear WordPress ads on NPR when I'm in my car. It's a whole different scale, as Robert said. The money's there and everything has kind of come up into this the kind of things you're seeing are more from the big brands, the big names that you hear, you know, GE, Apple, all those things. WordPress is
1: definitely up there. Uh Joomla's not there anymore, that's for sure. It's an internet thing in general, right, that um, the winners tend to win massively. There tends to be one winner in each category. In e-commerce, online shopping, it was Amazon. Um, in CMSs, it was WordPress. Uh, in each category, you tend to get one runaway winner. And all the gains, I think Apple maybe has like ninety eight percent of the profit in the cell phone market. There tends to be enormous winners, and WordPress is that in the c m s space uh, at some point soon. it'll probably pass fifty percent of the c m s market. I think the flip side of the these economics may actually hurt it in one particular instance. I think Shopify may be that winner in the kind of the online personal store space and may make woocommerce. Um, a a distant second place with time. Um, WordPress is gaining all of those advantages from being in first place and they compound and they compound and they compound and uh, any other platform wanting to compete with it is going to have to feast on on the leftovers.
2: Hey, Bob WP here and I'd like to take a moment to thank two of our pod friends for their support of Do The Boo. If you have a need for a restaurant plugin for your clients or for your own site, Iconic WP brings you orderable. Unlike the third-party services out there, you will have no per-transaction fees. The order management is slick and brings an app-like experience to the customer. It easily works with all paid builders, and it's configurable for time slots, holiday scheduling, layouts, and product add-ons. For the latter, think of pizza toppings or side dishes. Great add-ons. And from my own experience, the support you get via Iconic WP and Stiller WP is top of the line. Simply go to Orderable.com to get you or your clients' restaurant online. You do what you're good at, and when building your clients' WooCommerce shops, often it's a perfect opportunity to partner up with someone that fills in those gaps to make your client 100% happy. MindSize has helped individual stores handle hundreds of millions of dollars worth of orders. They know their stuff. Their site performance audit with ongoing monitoring and iterative performance improvements are key to help you optimize your next client project. So with MindSize, they're a great partner to consider, to hook up with, and make sure your clients are 100% satisfied with the performance of their sites. Visit MindSize.com to learn more. And now let's head back to the show.
3: So I want to talk about if there are other people out there that are listening or, or, you know, maybe they're wanting to cross over in the WordPress world. Maybe that's why they're listening. Maybe they have been building something in another platform and they want to now come over into this WordPress world. And I think it's interesting because we have... Two different scenarios that I want to talk about because, Dick, you're a SaaS product, so you could just add it in and, and people can manage multiple things in one account. Steve, you came from, uh, the the with your extensions, and this is a, a big thing for a lot of extension or template people out there, their businesses were named after their product. You've got Joomla Shack, right? I mean, other people may have something that had a Drupal name in it. It was in their business name. So now how do you go over into... To WordPress and sell, you have to come up with a new brand, correct? I mean, so there's a little bit more challenges there. So I think you have to, there's different approaches. And I think you two re- kind of represent the different approaches going into a new market, into the WordPress world.
1: We had zero carryover of our customers. I've been in the WordPress space heavily now for about five years. And about a month ago, for the very first time, someone brought one of our WordPress products and they said, Oh, I saw your name on it. I've used your Joomla products, and I brought it because I trust you from the Joomla space. First time in five years, no one gives a rat's um, <laughs> ab- about. Uh, I think um, we touched on this before. I think Vic said when you go to conferences, no one cares about what you did before. For us, we saw zero carryover between any kind of a a reputation or a brand name in another platform trying to move it over to WordPress. That may be different in some cases, though. I think I mentioned agencies before as something that's easier to to move across platforms with. And in some cases, SaaS services are too, uh, I think, too, right, Vic? Uh, yeah, but I, w- I was actually going to
0: give, I think, a really interesting perspective on this. So we have a lot of Chimley users who are migrating. So that's a lot of our business currently. That's a smaller, you know, every week, every month, it's a smaller portion. Uh, but... Um, because we're finally reaching out to, you know, WordPress people at WordPress, you know, places. But uh, what's interesting is if you have, so we're happy that a lot of folks are still using Joomla and still managing their sites, still building sites. That's a bulk of our business. We're happy about that. Provides us a base to build WordPress business on because it's recurring revenue, all those things. But when you have to um, thread a needle, on the languages, we talked earlier about people being very specific about the words they use. When you have to call something an extension update versus a plugin update, and by the way, WordPress also, uh, Joomla also has plugins, so that's a little source of confusion. Uh, what language do you use? Is it a trigger for someone? Maybe trigger's not the right word. Is it, is it like a, um, a signal to a WordPress user if they see a Joomla term, and they go, oh, you know, I don't really like that. I actually want something that's dedicated to WordPress because maybe I'll trust it more or maybe they're more invested in what I want to do or maybe they understand me better. It's a messaging problem for us. So we've thought about him just having a separate dedicated WordPress service so that we can kind of clear that confusion. And although Steve didn't get to bring over those Joomla users, he could focus like a laser with PublishPress on the WordPress community and not have to worry about this legacy um, language or um norms or expectations that his prior um audience, you know, had come to expect. So we're happy, but it, it caused also long term uh, a lot of long term work for us to
1: try and thread that needle. Steve, sorry. Oh, there's an end game that um we've kept in mind as well. Um having always kind of designed up or tried to design products ready to To sell, or at least move on to another company. At the end, if you're thinking ahead two or three years, and you're trying to sell a business which has maybe 70% WordPress users, and then 30% legacy people from other platforms, if anyone's actually looking around and looking to acquire your business, that 30% is going to be a a dead, annoying, in fact, even probably a, a a detrimental part of the business. And so for that reason, and quite a few others, all of the WordPress stuff that we've done has been entirely separate from the Joomla stuff, entirely separate mailing lists, customer bases, um, separate LLCs for each line of the business. We've tried not to uh, not to tangle them up at all.
4: I really like that idea. Um, I I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with, you know, what's the exit for some of this kind of stuff? And having a clear focus it really just makes the entire acquisition process a lot easier um, or the sales process, depending on which end uh, of it you are. So you can be like, okay, this is a WordPress product. If you want to take it and run with it in some greater fashion, then that's great. But you know, you're not getting confused with, you know, especially that kind of su- support debt that, you know, if the acquirer is WordPress focused, they will have no idea how to manage Joomla support. And that would become a much greater expense than just the WordPress support that they would already have to do.
1: Yeah, they would probably have to kill those customers, maybe get some, some bad feedback, and uh, it would be a pain. But again, we're talking in terms of products. I'm not entirely sure if the same would apply for agencies and businesses that have a slightly different focus. Um, I know, Robbie, you do have an agency too, right? And you you find it much easier to switch between platforms?
3: Yeah, and I, I wouldn't, it's, you know, switch, I don't know, is the right term, Steve? I would call it offer because, it and, and I'm a little bit, like Vic was saying, he never gets anyone that's saying, make me a Joomla site, um, make me a WordPress site, it's what you hear. Um, but I... I agency' is a little bit unique just because we have an application builder called fabric that is only in the Joomla world and so we still do have that type of inquiries coming in they're 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 coming in asking for Joomla for that purpose um, so we do still have that and it is us based too by the way Vic that I'm getting those from so that you know so we still this's still out there and but we also offer both so that's why I say we, I like to call it offer where versus a switch and so yes in my agency um we do both, WordPress and uh Joomla. So we're doing both both platforms in there. Um we probably do get more more inquiries about WordPress now. Um and, and especially because we've been concentrating with WooCommerce and, and, and been so involved in the builder community and stuff like that. So I think that's you know part of what is 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 helping with that. Um We also, though, and it's like I brought up, like Steve and I talked a long time about this because it, there and he was not the only one, so many, not just, not just extension and template people, but even the agencies named themselves after their product. And so if you were like, my name is, you know, you web builders or something or, or Drupal web pros, it makes like, why would somebody come and ask me about a WordPress site? Right. And so we had a more generic agency name, which was to our favor because we do, video production and such too. So we had a more generic name and I think that helped. So, um, and, and Vic, you had watchful, which is, you know, it's, it's a nice generic name, but I'm, it was very interesting to hear that you are, I didn't even think about the terminology issues that you would have. And I would think it would just be an understanding for the end user too. not, not necessarily, I mean, some people will get their feathers ruffled, but just an understanding. Like if I, if, if a Joomla person sees, Oh, the plugin Updates are like, well, what about my components? And, you know what I mean? So, yeah.
0: I think it's a little more um, visceral than that. Like, if you go to a website and you're an English native speaker and you're reading something and you can tell that it hasn't been written by a native English speaker, you I think, this is how I feel, so I won't speak for you guys, I feel like mm, I'm not sure if, I don't know if I immediately trust what I'm reading because I'm not confident that the writer has full command of... What they're trying to, yeah, and that's not a judgment, but that's how I feel right away. And if I if I see three or four of those instances, and I'm a couple paragraphs in, probably I go back to my browser and do a different Google search, you know, pick a different result. I think if you go to a site, expect you know, you go to the WordPress repo, you find the Washful client there, you click it, you go to our website, and now you see something about Joomla. You're like, oh, I thought I was going to a WordPress. Like I think right away, the body just has a reaction. Even if you don't think it's negative, it's just it didn't meet, quite meet your expectation. So we've been working on some ways to, you know, oh, if you're coming from the WordPress repo, let's focus the language on the site about WordPress and make sure it's meets your expectations. If you're coming from here, you know, so we're kind of working on some personalization to solve that problem, which is interesting it, from someone who loves to build websites, which I don't get to do much anymore. Uh, I love kind of being able to dig in a little and do that. Uh, but I do think um, that, I don't know, I, I, I just assume other people are like me in that they, there are these little things that, if they seem a little out of place, it can throw them off a little. So, I, I don't know how much of a role that plays, but uh, it is something on
4: my mind. There are plenty of SaaS providers that target anything and everything. And yeah, they make, sh- you know, you don't see those specific things until it's like, oh, by the way, you know, what platform do you want to install us on? We already have a plugin for that. Or this is the JavaScript snippet that you're going to, you know, cut and paste. Um, and you know, and try to stay away from it. Yeah,
0: yeah. just a final example. So we're rebuilding our onboarding page. Uh, currently, you say, what platform do you use? And you make a selection from a dropdown. Now we're changing it up. You put in your domain name, we'll detect what it is, and show you the right results so that you get exactly what you expect, the software auto-installs for the right system you have. And it goes forward, and we're trying to not throw up any red flags. And we want to make it faster and easier, too um and technology lets us do that it's just we hadn't built it in the past so one of the things we want to do while making it easier is remove any of those red flags that someone might you know before they get a chance to kick the tires might think they're not quite where they expected to be
1: you know one of the best things that happened to i think a lot of businesses in our space is a few years ago drupal joomla wordpress and others got their act together with trademarks and Individually, they each decided to bring down the ban ban hammer on using their trademarks in product names, and a lot of people were complaining. But you know what? It was wonderful for them, unless they really couldn't get their head around creating a unique brand for themselves, because it forced a lot of people to take WordPress out of the name, take Joomla out of their name, take Drupal out of their name, and actually try and stand their own brand up. As its own unique entity.
3: Yeah, I agree, Steve. I, I do think that's a good thing as well, just for the things we were talking about here, it doesn't pigeonhole them so much. Um we we've talked a, a little bit well you know about community and, and then the, the competition that's out there. Uh, one of the things and this kind of relates to the influencer thing, is is sponsorship. I know in the Joomla world sponsorship is super important, right? I mean that's that's always probably one of my best marketing ways through uh, the Joomla world with sponsorship and and I've tried to carry that over into the WordPress world you know like uh I was training where one of the pod friends for do the woo and we've got you know we sponsor it with the WordFest and things like that so we're trying to get into the sponsorship here it's a lot bigger though this is a lot bigger ecosystem to get into sponsoring have you guys started looking into that what have you thought about it
0: yeah it's big money Is is it, um yeah getting the global sponsor of WordPress live you know was like $25,000 that's uh that's a big sponsor and maybe not a money for a maybe not a lot of money for GoDaddy but that's a lot of money for a small business trying to break into a market so um you know we've been changing our budgeting and saving and now we'll do one big thing a year um, but it's it's a challenge and then let's say you do sponsor and I know WorkFest WorkFest Live had um tents basically virtual tents where you could you know talk to people who are interested guess what the big sponsors have all the connections. They probably have hired some influencers. They have tents full of people and they're chatting with them and interacting with them. It's hard to draw those people out. So you've spent the money to basically get a virtual tent during COVID, for example. Uh, but if you don't have a lot of good connections or you haven't offered a good schedule, things like that, it can be hard to get those those folks in. We sponsored a Joomla event. Actually, it was a lot less money, which was nice. Um, but when you're the main sponsor, it was easier to attract Uh, Folks, actually, everyone in this room, I believe, was on that event uh, for this conversation. So we just, we dialed in a one hour, we set a schedule, we worked hard to get people there, and it was a good conversation that got a lot of interest. Again, because of the scale of WordPress and the giant players that are there with a lot of resources, it's, I found it, you know, always a struggle to make uh, a strong, get a lot of value back. I mean, you never get direct return on investment at events, but it's been hard to, see a lot of measurable impact in my experience so that's why i've been liking the one-on-one or small group uh, interactions and they've been more successful
1: for us the sheer scale of wordpress means that those more general events are hard to sponsor i think and the more niche you can be the better we found that taking a topic one or two topics and really trying to hit a specific niche as hard as possible has been the way to break into WordPress. I mentioned earlier there's probably thirty six well, 30 Joomla companies that are still going these days. You could probably add multiple zeros on the end of that in WordPress. The the C is so much bigger that general things don't work. The more niche you can be, the more the more targeted you can be, the better.
3: I'd actually also like to get Robert's take on this because being with a large hosting company that's a different like Victor was saying some companies don't have any problems with these sponsorships but are, so you guys are in the sponsorship world in WordPress correct
4: Oh yeah and uh yes the the scale of the I mean I would say our marketing event budget for WordPress would probably power Joomla I mean and and that's and, and even that is going to be Infinitely smaller than like a GoDaddy or you know Bluehost, so I mean or WP Engine or even Automatic. The annual sponsorship for well, pre-COVID for um, all the work camps for the global sponsors was I'm trying to remember the exact number. It was certainly in the six figures if I recall. And so, you know, th- there would be four, you, you know, it's $400,000 right there <laughs> that, you know, $100,000 a pop that uh, companies have, you know, spent just just to get the, the for all intents and purposes, the logo up there. Um, and that's not including sending staff, but, you know, getting booths to, I mean, yeah, the scale is, you know, easily a thousand X.
1: Someone who used to run quite a lot of events, we used to do a lot of training events with the company that. The Robbie now runs, and we were quite heavily involved in things like uh, DrupalCon on the Drupal side as well. the The sponsors have ended up bearing a lot more of the costs recently, um, because it's much harder to sell tickets. We used to, you know, sell tickets to events for uh, hundreds or thousands of dollars for training. DrupalCon used to run close to a thousand dollars for the week, and now uh, a lot of it is online. Or if you go to WordCamp US, you are expecting to pay. I think, think they're fifty dollars at one point for um, the three day conference. In order to make that work, you, you have to basically look at people like yourself, Robert, and your company as a cash cow that uh, is able to fund the events and the the uh, the sponsorship fees have to go way up.
2: Yeah,
4: I don't think there is any argument there, Vic. You want to say something about sort of a, a I guess, a core ecosystem difference? between like a WordPress slash Drupal versus Joomla. Yeah, when you mentioned that, you know, um,
0: advertising, you mentioned automatic in there, it made me, um, it sparked just an idea, of course, automatic buys, you know, every few weeks they're acquiring another (laughs) plugin or service, et cetera. Um, It's another uh, difference or challenge coming into the WordPress space is you're not just competing with, you know, other businesses like yours or maybe large businesses, Third-party businesses like um, a hosting company, but you're competing with the CMS itself. So, if you're providing security service and then automatic buys WP Scan, uh, now you're competing with the people who have the biggest microphone or megaphone in in the WordPress space directly. Again, I can't really imagine much of that happening. The closest thing in in Joomla, I guess, maybe the folks who are building the um, custom field tools back in the day probably got some direct when you know, competition, if you will, when Jilla start putting that in the core. But I guess the difference would be that's free. Whereas, you know, Jetpack is not free. scan that automatic bot is going into Jetpack or any other tool they might have bought and put in there. Uh, It's, a you know, having a small business competing with, uh, you know, David and Goliath type situation is, feels new. It definitely feels new.
3: (laughs) Victor, that is great, great. I love that you brought that up because it is different. But I always say, and because we're talking to what the scale is here, I always say it's just like if I sell books, I I probably sell on Amazon. Does Amazon themselves sell my books? They may even sell my books, right? Or somebody else on there has it. So I have competition. I even have competition from where I'm going to sell them on. But they also because of the scale, they have the audience there, too. And so I know, it is, but it is definitely something as a business owner, you do have to think about when you're coming over into uh, the WordPress world,
1: for sure. Oh, it certainly is possible to compete with Automatic. I mean, um, it's one thing to buy all these products, another to give them the full force of effort that a, a founder or an owner can put behind. For example, some of the security products that are in Jetpack, are, yeah, they're okay, but there are some enormously popular security products out there. Um, at at Press we compete with a couple of Automatic plugins, but those are you know, one tiny part of so many things that Automatic is trying to do, and they're really not the biggest company in the world. Um, I think their headcount is, i going to say, less than 2,000, maybe? Maybe I'm, I'm off there. And so all in all, I think they're generally a a massive win for the ecosystem. And we recently launched a activity lock product that is kind of overlapping with an activity lock feature in Jetpack. But the stuff we have is more advanced. And I don't think anyone should be scared off by competition from what Automatic is doing, Uh, perhaps unless they're competing in the WooCommerce space. You
4: know, there's the competition, but there's also that, uh, both in the case of Drupal and WordPress you the founders for all intents and purposes of those open source projects have created uh, exceedingly large corporations that you know we can there's a whole bunch of pros and cons about that but certainly one of the huge pros is being able to ha- have a professional institution that focuses on marketing that open source project yes there's the open source political nature of it but you know automatic is Promoting WordPress, Acquia is promoting Drupal. I mean, and uh, Joomla is really uh, one of the largest exceptions to that rule. Just that tangential thought, because I mean, that is, uh, you have to kind of think of that and how those c- corporations come into play when you're doing business in different platforms.
1: Oh, uh, Acquia in the Drupal world is a billion dollar company, which kind of puts automatic into perspective. I can't imagine how many billions automatic will be worth when it finally goes public.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, if you're coming into the spaces, you know, keeping all those things in mind is really the most important thing. And I think that's the topic we're discussing, right? If you're planning a move, what are your expectations? Well, expect to pay more for sponsorship, expect to have more competition. It's it's not really a, should you compete or not? It's just, are you prepared to compete? Are you prepared to um, have a different uh, approach to sponsorship, for example? Um, those are the things that you know. People listening should just keep in mind, no matter what they might be coming from, if they're coming
1: into the WordPress place. And speaking frankly, uh, are you prepared to to lose money, or uh, just keep going on the effort of your of your sweat labor for the first two years? For example, it, we mentioned the published press, for example, is growing at at a good clip. Now we've been at it four years. We lost money the first two years. We took money from our Joomla business and invested it into, into published press to get going to pay the developers. It was a costly endeavor to get that initial break into the WordPress space. And then the competition is stiff enough that every new product we launch requires a substantial investment as well.
4: S- switching platforms or switching CMSs is almost really creating a whole new startup rather than just a different product line.
1: Yeah, you you hear some stories. I read a few stories of of WordPress companies that launched, you know, ten fifteen years ago, and a couple of them I read. But oh, we were proudly profitable from day one. Not in twenty twenty one. You're not going to be <laughs> <laughs> not unless, not unless you're some kind of a genius or get lucky or or, or some other lucky break comes your way. That the competition is going to be tougher. You're going to have to have more money on hand. You're going to have to be prepared to lose some money to take some risks. Um, uh, the rewards are there if it works out
0: i think i think you could look at something like tesla like that you know they're still not profitable right you know you know, they decided they were going to disrupt the the car market they're breaking in as a, as a new player it was very expensive for them to do so i think they're probably considered successful now but i'm not sure they're still turning a profit Are they or just started turning a profit maybe the last few quarters um but it was very expensive for them to come in and and that's what's going to be like switching to any any system not just wordpress or not just
4: technology well, Amazon didn't have a profit for what, like 20 years? <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: And and even if Tesla is not profitable, they, they're going to be the Kleenex. So, electric cars, right? I mean, right, right, seriously. Right. So, yes, yeah, so you have to go for the long haul sometimes. I totally agree there. Well, guys, I thank you so much for, for coming on. I think that, um, you know, it's an interesting topic that I think that there are a lot of business owners out there that are contemplating this no matter what CMS they might've been in before coming into the WordPress world. And so I think it's very kind of you guys to come on and share your perspective with the, with the audience. Hopefully we did not scare anyone from coming into the WordPress (laughs) world. Yes, it's going to be hard, but uh, as Steve said, once you make it, it can be very, very profitable. It can be the right thing, the right move to make. And so um, anyway, um, guys, thank you so much for coming on today.
4: And uh, for all the questions that are sure to come that Robbie and I don't want to answer, uh, where can we find you, Vic and, and Steve?
0: <laughs> give me, give me on Twitter, uh, Vic at uh, at
1: Vic Drover on Twitter. Be right. And Steve, a- and I'm Steve J. Birch, B U R G on Twitter.
3: Well, thank you guys again. I really appreciate you taking your time today and chatting with us. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Robbies.
2: Hey everyone, Bob WP here. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our pod friends. If your restaurant clients are looking to get online, orderable works perfectly with Woo for just what they need. You can find them at orderable.com. And if you need a real boost for your client's site performance, consider partnering up with MindSize and experience their site performance audit. Learn more at MindSize.com. And of course, you can always stay on top of all of our podcasts by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your own favorite podcast app. So until next time, keep on doing the woo.